It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, today's show is dedicated to Scott and Tracy. Uh, Scott is actually Lieutenant Commander Scott, and he is a former Navy SEAL that was injured uh, quite tragically, uh, quite severely, I should say, during a uh, training exercise. So uh, today's show is dedicated to Scott and Tracy. Um, After his injury, uh, Scott was in the hospital for three years and just recently was able to uh, be released. And I met Scott and Tracy um, last week. And they're a super fun couple. And uh, my hat goes off to Tracy because uh, she's got to wrangle her, uh, wrangle her, her Navy SEAL who is, uh, you know, mentally aware of what, uh, you know, of him being a a lieutenant commander in in the Navy SEAL, as a Navy SEAL. And uh, because of his injuries, he's lost a lot of uh, mobility and independence and, uh, and it takes somebody strong, Tracy, to uh, keep these guys uh, in check, for lack of better terms, right? Uh, anyway, fun couple. Want to wish them the very best as they continue to uh, go through this healing process. Anyway, so today on the show, we have Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans' disability benefits, as well as social Security Disability Benefits. He's a founding partner of Jackson McNichol, um, and he was most recently, or he has most recently appeared as a guest of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show discussing benefits for veterans and Social Security Disability Benefits and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disabilities. Francis has been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox affiliates around the country. He's been also quoted in USA Today and is listed in Cambridge's Who's Who. Francis is honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with his Quilly Award for his contribution to the bestselling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. In 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's Most Trusted Lawyers for his outstanding work in disability law. Francis Jackson can, if if you have questions regarding Francis Jackson or about um, disability or how disability is calculated, please visit VeteransBenefits.com, VeteransBenefits.com, and Francis and his team will take care of you. Francis, welcome back. Thanks, Bert. I always enjoy being here with you. Well, excellent. Hey, you know what? I'm, I wanted to jump in and ask you um, about the PACT Act, P-A-C-T, for those following along the PACT Act. Uh, it's, it's funny because uh, I know you and I uh, talked about this a while back, uh, but now it seems like uh, we've been hearing a lot about the PACT Act. So uh, what can you tell us what's going on with the uh, PACT Act? Well, there's been <laughs> – as as you and I talked about, uh, it was expected to pass, and then there were some ups and downs and uh, parliamentary maneuvering, and 
a group of Republicans tried to uh, block the passage uh, because of the cost, but uh, ultimately it has passed. Uh, President Biden signed it. It is now the law of the land, and it's uh, it's a very comprehensive bill. Um, this is this is probably the biggest change in veterans benefits uh, in at least the time I've been doing this since the early 90s and, and probably, realistically, it's probably the biggest change in veterans benefits since the 50s. Wow. And that is enormous. Uh, okay, so, so walk us through this. Or, uh, so what does the PACT Act have and, and, and why do you say that it's this massive change um, kind of maybe give us some of your highlights. Sure, sure. Well, uh, let me start with uh, with the earlier folks that it affects. Let's do it that way. Um, okay. For, for folks who um, served uh, in, in Vietnam or in uh, one of the various uh, radiation exposure events uh, where they were cleaning up after uh, uh, atomic uh, testing or uh, after uh, planes uh, carrying nuclear bombs went down and, and they had to clean up the, the mess. Um, there's now uh, what are called presumptions for uh, some additional conditions. And you and I have talked about this before, but just to make it simple for our listeners, ordinarily, at veterans benefits, you have to show that you have a current medical condition and that there was some event that occurred uh, in, in the service and that there's a medical opinion connecting those, showing that what happened to you in the service is the cause of your current medical problem. A presumption lets you kind of leap over those, uh, those rules and just uh, establishes that if you have a particular disease that is uh, referred to as presumptive, or a particular medical condition that's referred to as presumptive, then you automatically are treated by the VA as having uh, that condition, and then you're entitled to have a rating for the severity of the condition and payment of uh, service-connected benefits based on the severity of the condition. And so for Agent Orange, the folks who served in Vietnam, uh, they've added one uh, condition that's really important, and that is hypertension. And the reason it's really important is that a very large percentage of men in my age category, Vietnam veteran age category, um, have hypertension. And so uh, the, uh, the National Academy of uh, Sciences came out with a report a couple of years ago showing several conditions that had now had enough medical evidence to establish that they were related to Agent Orange. And normally what happens when that happens is the VA then uh, creates a regulation saying, okay, this condition is presumptive, and if you have the condition and you served where you were exposed to Agent Orange, you're entitled to benefits. They wouldn't do that with hypertension under President Trump because he, he uh, or more specifically, his Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Mr. Wilkie, decided that was going to be too expensive. The Republicans didn't want to fund it. So um, 
they left it out. And now with the passage of the PACT Act, hypertension is now a, a presumptively service-connected condition for persons who served on the landmass in Vietnam or uh, in the waters off Vietnam. And the other big thing that they did for Vietnam-era vets is they also included uh, a number of groups that the VA had previously not been willing to recognize as having been exposed to Agent Orange, namely um, Americans who served at the Royal Air Force bases or, or other bases in Thailand, as well as those who were sent on special duty into Cambodia and Laos. And so um, those folks are now all included and anyone who was in that entire group uh, who is uh, experiencing hypertension is also included. So that's the, the big piece, if you will, for the older folks, uh, the Agent Orange and the uh, radioactive uh, cleanup uh, uh, provisions. Wow, so, that, that's, that's pretty big because if, if I'm not mistaken, hypertension – um, I think it's better known as high blood pressure. At least that's one of the things that they're known by. So this is a pretty common ailment. And to have it, uh, what would you call it, presumptively taken care of, that's, that's huge. It really is. In, in fact, it's, it's so big that, as I mentioned, uh, originally the, the previous administration wasn't willing to pay for it because it, it, uh, it will get benefits to a lot of uh, Vietnam veterans. Um, so those those are the those are the big uh, pieces for them, and you're right, it really is huge. I mean, if you look at the the percentage of Vietnam veterans with hypertension, it's very high. Um, All right. But, so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say so. So that's good news for, as you mentioned, our, our Vietnam vets and, and, and uh, our older vets. What about those more recent vets who have served uh, in I guess, newer conflicts like the Middle East? Well, the, uh, the bill does a lot for those folks. Um, it, it does it in two parts. And so if you served um, on or after August 2nd of, of 1990, which would be uh, when uh, Iraq invaded uh, Kuwait and you were involved in that and you served in Bahrain or Kuwait or Iraq or Oman, or Qatar, or Saudi Arabia, or Somalia, or the United Arab Emirates, any any of any of that group of countries. Um, there's now a set of presumptions, and for the folks who served later in what is sometimes referred to as the Second Gulf War, um, in Afghanistan, or Djibouti, or Egypt, or Jordan, or Lebanon, or Syria, or Yemen, or Uzbekistan. There's, an, there's a, also a set of presumptions for those folks, and and it's um, it's very uh, it's very significant. They have now included as presumptive for all those folks brain cancer, uh, gastrointestinal cancer, any type of head cancer, kidney cancer, lymphatic cancer, uh, any of the lymphomas, melanoma, neck cancer, pancreatic cancer. Uh, reproductive organ cancer, uh, respiratory cancers, those are all now presumptive. Um, wow. In addition to those, the, uh, 
there are a whole series of breathing-related disorders, including asthma, bronchitis, COPD, uh, chronic rhinitis and sinusitis, um, constrictive bronchiolitis, emphysema, uh, interstitial lung disease, uh, pulmonary fibrosis, and so on, are all now presumptive for those folks. So it's it's really a, a huge expansion um, of the presumed uh, service-connected uh, disabilities, and, and that's that's you know just a really really big deal, and this is going to affect a very large number of younger veterans. In addition to the benefits we talked about for Vietnam era veterans. Yeah, this is so big; uh, it blows my mind. Uh, and for those who are thinking, why is this such a big deal? See, it sounds like this stuff should have been taken care of. Uh, and that's the whole point. A lot of the stuff should have been included as far as uh, or as part of their disability claims. But are, but uh, for those of you guys who are not aware, uh, our veterans sometimes have to fight, literally, I mean, they have to fight a long, arduous battle to get their benefits, to get certain diseases, um, you know, included uh and it's and and so this this is massive. This is like, you know, huge. Yes, I mean they they're they are talking um, hundreds of billions of dollars in benefits here for for veterans. And this is and this is, I, I really can't overemphasize how how big this is in terms of veterans benefits. Uh, it it is easily the biggest change since the early 1950s. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, it's monstrous. It's monstrous. All right, so so let me ask you this, because I heard that there is something in this law that covers people who are not veterans. I mean, is this a misnomer? Is this a rumor? What, what is, is there any truth to this? There is, Bert. Um, you, you and I, uh, I think, have uh, touched on it uh, a few shows ago. There was a there's been a problem. Uh, a number of years ago, starting in the 50s, with the water supply at Camp Lejeune. It was contaminated with lots of nasty stuff, including um, benzene and and other uh, cancer-causing carcinogenic uh, chemicals. And for a long time, the the government basically ignored it. But uh, from uh, the period 1953 up through about 1987, there was this contamination in the water. And as you know, cancer-causing chemicals don't cause cancer overnight. It takes years and years. And, but if you live long enough, they will get around to uh, catching up with you. And that's, that's what has happened with folks who uh, were exposed to the water at Camp Lejeune. And obviously, uh, there is already a provision for benefits for uh, veterans who were exposed to uh, water at Camp Lejeune, but this bill does something that's pretty much unheard of. It uh, it creates a right for civilians who were uh, living on the base or exposed to the water, typically uh, military uh, families, uh, you know, spouses and children of uh, and and women stationed there. 
uh, were exposed to this stuff. And now, of course, uh, we're at the age where the the effects are starting to show. So um, what the bill does is to create a, <clears throat> excuse me, a variation of the Federal Tort Claims Act. And, you know, again, just to make that simple, um, a tort is just uh, what uh, lawyers call it when uh, somebody's injured by somebody else. Uh, usually it's about negligence. You know, if the uh, if the post office truck uh, runs into your car uh, and uh, you get injured, then the the way you pursue that is under the Federal Tort Claims Act. You submit a, a claim, and if, uh, if you can't resolve the claim administratively, then you file a lawsuit. Uh, excuse me one second. <laughs> my apologies, my allergies are kicking in here. <laughs> but uh, uh, what the uh, what this law does is it gives people a two-year window from the date the bill was passed a few days ago to uh, make a claim, and if the claim is rejected, to file a lawsuit. And that lawsuit would have to be filed in one specific federal court. It's in the Eastern District of North Carolina, which is, of course, where the base is. And it would uh, do a couple of things that are very unusual uh, un- that are different from ordinary claims under the Tort Claims Act. Um, normally, if, uh, if you get hit by the post office truck, you can't get a jury trial. You can have a trial in front of a judge in federal court, but no juries. This bill uh, allows folks who make claims under this provision to have an actual jury trial in federal court, which is very unusual. Second thing it does, which is even more unusual, is it changes what's known as the burden of proof. Normally, if uh, there's a, an auto accident or uh, you know, some similar kind of case, and you go uh, to the federal courts here in Arizona and decide to file suit, you have to prove what happened by what's called a preponderance of the evidence, right. meaning. In this bill, for this specific uh, set of cases, the the law actually changes the burden of proof. You only have to prove it is as likely as not that uh, the uh, chemicals in the water caused you the harm you're claiming. And that's that's a really big deal. I mean, think, think about that. If you're on a jury, all you need to get to is probable as not. You know, you don't have to prove it's more probable. It's just it's as likely as not that that's what happened here. Um, so those are those are a big deal. And there are literally a couple hundred thousand people around the country who were exposed to the water at uh, Camp Lejeune over those uh, that 30 plus year period. And you know, this this is not good stuff. It causes all kinds of, uh, of medical problems. And the, uh, for, for uh, veterans who were there, um, they have uh, found a number of uh, conditions to be uh, presumptive, including uh, uh, leukemia, bladder cancer, brain cancer, breast cancer, all, all long list of cancers. Um, but in addition to that, and this is this is one of the other parts of the bill that's very interesting. Um, you can make a claim for conditions that are not 
considered presumptive. So there are a bunch of other medical conditions, serious medical conditions, that are potentially related to exposures to things like benzene, um, PCE, and so on. So those include a whole range of things, cardiac defects, epilepsy, female infertility, immune disorders, kidney damage, um, nerve damage, uh, Parkinson's disease, uh, a whole, you know, just a whole uh, long list of serious problems that can result from exposure to these chemicals. So there's now this two-year window. The, the clock is ticking because the bill has been signed by the president. Um, so there's two years to uh, to file those claims in federal court. Uh, I'm sorry, to to be exact, to file those claims with the federal agency, and then uh, if those claims are are not resolved by negotiation, then file them in federal court. And the the bill gives you the law gives you. Uh, a, a two-year window to file, or if your claim is pending with the federal agency and hasn't been decided at the end of two years, you have up to six months after the agency decides what they're going to do on the claim if you don't like their their resolution of it. So um, it, it's at least two years, and depending on when the agency acts, uh, you may get some additional time beyond that to file suit. But uh, this is a, a an absolutely unique piece of legislation. There is no other uh, piece of veterans legislation ever passed that also provides benefits for civilians based on exposure to hazards uh, in, uh, in on, on military bases and so on. So it's uh, it's really a, an incredible piece of legislation. I know the uh, Biden administration is extremely proud of having been able to to get this through. And it's uh, it's going to help a lot of people. The uh, legislation is so new that uh, I don't think they've even figured out which federal agency is going to handle the claims. But I assume it's some element of the Department of Defense, uh, probably the Marine Corps, since they they're the ones that own the base. But uh, nobody nobody has all of the uh, the actual details yet. It's still just getting worked out. But um, uh, going back to the the, uh, the larger act if for a minute, if I may, um, one of the things that uh, all of your listeners should know is that anybody who's making a claim under the PACT Act will not have their claim processed until 2023. The uh, the VA has uh, has already put out notice that it's going to take them until the beginning of 2023 to get the congressional funding actually in place and available for them to use to pay claims and to set up the the claims processes for them to uh, process all these uh, new claims. So um, as as long as you file a claim as soon as you can, you know, you you won't miss out and uh, you you may in fact, uh, if you file quickly, get it in before the, uh, the VA can even process it, but it will it will get processed, and a couple of uh, couple of other pieces that are maybe of importance to some of your listeners. First off, if you have a claim that's one of these conditions that has now been presumpt- become presumptive, say you had a claim as a Vietnam veteran for hypertension several years ago and it was turned down, 
you are now free to file uh, what the VA calls a supplemental claim, and they'll process that and uh, and ultimately uh, pay you as long as the medical shows that you have hypertension. Um, and uh, likewise, if uh, you are the uh, spouse or dependent child of a veteran who is now deceased, but is entitled to benefits under one of these one of these uh, provisions, whether it's uh, you know the uh, the water at Camp Lejeune or the uh, uh, presumptives from the Middle East or a new presumption for for uh, Vietnam veterans or whichever one it may be, if um, if you are the spouse or uh, underage child of a uh, a veteran who would have been eligible for these benefits, you can now file a claim under these provisions. So it really covers um, a a very wide swath of the veteran population, as well as uh, some other folks who. Uh, were exposed at uh, Camp Lejeune, and it's uh, it's going to take a while for all this to get sorted out. But um, it is really important, uh, particularly with uh, the Camp Lejeune piece, for people to know that that's out there and that the clock has started running and will uh, will continue to run for the next two years or uh, longer if you have your claim in and they haven't decided it by then. But the uh, the critical point is that. You need to act to uh, to file a claim as soon as possible if you're eligible under that civilian provision. For veterans, uh, as you know, the veterans claim can be filed at any time, but uh, each month that you wait, there will be a month less benefits that uh, that you receive. So, again, it's important to file as soon as uh, is practical. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so so it seems or it sounds like this can be very complicated uh and and so are people going to need the help from an attorney with all of these claims what's your take on this well bert um i think it's going to shake out in in kind of three categories the people who've already got claims pending that have now been now become presumptive uh the va it's going to going to take them a little while to figure out which which ones are which, but they will eventually pay all of those people. For people who have not filed a claim, if you fall in one of the categories where you have a condition that is now presumptive, in all probability, you're not going to need much help. Uh, with presumptive conditions, the VA is, is pretty good about dealing with those. It, it takes them a while, they're slow, but they they usually get those right. The people that are definitely going to need help are the folks who are civilians who are looking to make a claim in the federal court uh, over the uh, the Camp Lejeune uh, poisons in the water? Uh, those those folks are, are 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 all going to need help. That's filing in federal court, even even when you have a beneficial statute like this, is uh, is a uh, a task for people who know what they're doing and. So that that group will definitely help. The there's kind of one more sort of amorphous group floating there among the veterans, and and that's folks for whom the uh, there's some dispute about whether they had service in the right area at the right time, or whether they're 
condition is one of the presumptive conditions or not. And and uh, with the Camp Lejeune folks in particular, um, there are a lot of veterans who have conditions that may well be related to the poisons in the water at Camp Lejeune, but are not on the presumptive list. And what what happens with this presumptive stuff, just so it's clear to our, our listeners, you have to have a certain volume or mass of cases of a particular type before there's enough medical evidence that the National Academy can say, yep, this is more probably than not related to exposure to whatever it was, whether it's the water camp Lejeune or Asian Orange or whatever. So, right. so as a result, with conditions that are not as common, you probably will never get to the point that they're presumptive simply because there's not enough mass of, of medical evidence. But um, the uh, conditions that I was talking about earlier uh, for Camp Lejeune, there, there are a lot of those that I think probably veterans can, can establish that they're entitled to benefits for things like cardiac defects and epilepsy and uh, for women, uh, infertility, uh, immune disorders and kidney damage and uh, neurobehavioral effects and Parkinson's and uh, a lot of things that are not on the presumptive list, but probably were caused by exposure to these poisons in the water there. So those folks are probably going to need help. Um, and, you know, so it's kind of a, a, a mix to go back to your original question. Um, some people will not need help. Some people will, and it kind of depends on which category you fall into. But uh, there are definitely going to be some folks that are, are going to need skilled help to win. There are other folks that I think can probably just put in a claim, and, and uh, as long as they are willing to wade through the paperwork, it'll get paid. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm just blown away with how, uh, what do you call it, uh, how big this, this PACT Act is, how, how uh, uh, it's going to be a massive game changer. It really is. This is an incredibly expensive piece of legislation. I mean, it, it just covers so many people. Uh, and and uh, the sad part is, you know, that, the VA is already terribly behind with claims. They're they're understaffed and overworked. And um, while this gives them money specifically to add people to process these claims, you know, adding money is not is not a panacea. It you know you still have to find the people, train the people, set up the systems, and so on. So it's 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 going to in in some ways make it harder on folks who don't have presumptive conditions um, because their cases are going to drag more slowly than they would have otherwise. But it's, it's going to help so many people that, you know, on, on uh, overall, it's definitely a net benefit. It's just, it's unfortunate that, that the influx of all these claims is going to push back uh, a lot of folks that don't have presumptive claims. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, um, Maybe, as, as you pointed out, it's such an expensive piece of, uh, of legislation that uh, maybe <laughs> uh, these are some of the things that uh, they'll take into consideration when um, uh, 
uh, getting involved in a conflict. I mean, sometimes I know it's not it's not uh, avoidable, uh, and I and 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 you know I, I just know that there's two costs to every conflict, and there is the you know. Uh, what do you call it, the, the front-end cost of getting people out there on location, moving troops, moving equipment, all that, that's the upfront cost. And then the, the uh, what do you call it, back-end cost that, that doesn't get as much um, publicity and, and, and that we, we as consumers sometimes forget is, is taking care of our vets who were, who were um, hurt and uh, – Something you know, something as simple as I don't want to say simple. Let me rephrase it. Something as uh, common as PTSD, uh, you know, for years was overlooked or wasn't given the the respect that it needed, and that has cost us, I think, uh, you know, probably billions of dollars. Not only in taking care of people who suffer from PTSD, but the the actual cost of of the drain that PTSD, you know, affects on business, on families, on everything else. So uh, that's just, you know, one of the things that comes to mind that if, if you're going to send our people into battle, you've got to be willing to take care of them after battle. And I think that this PACT Act sounds like such a leap forward that a lot of our vets are going to get the 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 services and the benefits they deserve. That's right, Bert. And one one thing I did not touch on is healthcare. Um, one of the things that the bill does is to provide uh, extensive uh, healthcare for for uh, folks exposed to uh, these various problems. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's really a, a, a Big issue, and we, we've talked about it some before with the uh, the burn pits, which are the uh, the part of the act that deals with the folks in the, in the Middle East and establishes these various presumptive conditions, and you know as far away as uh, service in Uzbekistan. But uh, you know, for all those folks, uh, the, one of the one of the nice things about this act is it's going to uh, provide them with health care. And so I hope any of your listeners who have been suffering from any of these problems and not getting health care uh, because they didn't qualify at the VA earlier will now uh, step up and uh, point out to the VA that they do now qualify and should be getting help. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the, right there is a, is a great uh, soundbite. Uh, so if, if you've been turned down because it wasn't presumptive, now's the time to Refile the claim? Is that what you do? Is it is it a brand new claim? How how does that work if they were denied before because they they didn't qualify and now they do? How does that work? Uh, the VA calls that a supplemental claim, and there's a special form for it. But you can you can get it online. You can get it at the VA. It's not uh, terribly complicated to fill out. You just have to uh, uh, explain that uh, you had a previous claim for this condition. It was denied, but now. Um, the law has changed and you're entitled and uh, you, you need to file it. And separately, Bert, um, unfortunately, it's not, it's not as easy as filing one thing, but separately, you, you also have to apply for the health care. That's, a, that's a, a, a different application. But 
again, it's the same process. Contact the VA and tell them, yep, I I, I was uh, exposed to this stuff and I'm now qualified for health care and I like to be enrolled and get my health care. I love it. I love it. We'll end on that. Francis Jackson, thank you so much uh, for stopping by and thank you so much for taking care of our brave men and women. Always good to have you here. Always a pleasure for me, Bert. Thank you so much. Good stuff there from Francis Jackson. He is a veterans lawyer. A lawyer. Uh, you can check out uh, more about him and his team at veteransbenefits.com. veteransbenefits.com. This stuff is important. We in America have, for the most part, uh, a very you know very high quality living, uh, and due in part to our brave men and women who protect us. And they don't get the recognition, and a lot of these guys don't even want recognition. They love what they do. However, we got to take care of them. And I'm grateful for the politicians who have, uh, who have come around to take care of our veterans. But if you have questions, if you, if you want to make sure whether you should uh, do a supplemental uh, filing or you've been denied, uh, you don't know what to do, you just need a second opinion check out veteransbenefits.com, veteransbenefits.com. You can specifically ask for Francis, and he'll take care of you. He will point you in the right direction. It doesn't cost you a penny, and I don't want to sound like an infomercial, but I am passionate. I love our country, and I love the brave men and women who serve our country, and I want to make sure that they are taken care of. That is, that's it. There's nothing in it for me. Check out veteransbenefits.com. Let's share this episode with everyone we know. Let's help as many people as possible to get what they deserve. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.